Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's Pastor Tim. So grateful that you are here. And if you're a first time visitor, I'm grateful that you decided to join us out of the 17,000 churches in the DFW Metroplex. Appreciate you being with us today. Uh, by now in the last week, you've heard about a man striking a rock. And uh, just want you to know um, that I think Moses did the right thing. He obeyed God, he struck the rock, water came out, and um, what are y'all thinking about? <laughs> I thought maybe you were in your Bible study and you heard about Moses striking a rock. With that out of the way, <laughs> welcome to Embassy City Church. <laughs> hey, we're in a series on mental health and um, uh, it's called Peace of Mind. And every week we have just been peeling back layers so that we can normalize conversations around what it is to allow you to put your feelings into words. Uh, I'm gonna be saying this a lot to the point that you can finish the sentence. My 11-year-old is on the front row and he can finish the sentence for me without even being prompted, but if you do not allow words to come up and out of your mouth, then your body will allow it to come up and out in actions. We saw that last week. And so um, I, I want to be very, very sensitive to the fact that, as I've stated before when I started the series, that some of this stuff is triggering. What I'm grateful for is that um, our counseling center is overflowing, it's flooded, that is music to my ears, uh, and uh, we are connecting people to uh, therapists and counselors that we have partnerships with in the DFW Metroplex. And so what we offer here is spiritual guidance, but we also are in partnerships uh, with people that have some letters behind their name uh, that can really give you context to what might be going on in your heart. Uh, last week, Dan Leanne was here, and it was one of the most pastoral messages I have ever heard in my life. It was so good. Uh, and so uh, if you did not listen to that message, please go back and listen to that message. Uh, I am doing part two of Confession is Golden. Uh, two weeks ago, I did Confession is Golden part one, and that dealt with the verticality of how we confess first to God. And now this weekend, I want to talk about why confession is important to each other. Uh, if you have one without the other, you will not be complete and whole uh, the way you should and could be. So I want to read James chapter number five, verse number 16, and then we'll dive right in. Is that all right? James chapter number five, verse number 16. Here's what it says. Confess your sins to each other. I wish there was a period behind that. But I love that there's a conjunction next to it. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, being that I am of the Pentecostal charismatic persuasion, born and raised on King James Version for 30 years, uh, uh, the B clause of that particular scripture doesn't hit the same way it does 
in KJV. Uh, in King James Version, it says, and I quote, the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. To all my KJV people, I know I needed to scratch that itch. Some of y'all were twitching like, that don't, that ain't what that says. <laughs> it's the same but different. Calm down, all right? Let's pray and we jump right in, all right? Holy Spirit, heal our minds. Amen. I'm jumping right into these points. You're about to get this work. Buckle up, buttercup. Uh, three things about horizontal confession. Remember, last week we talked about, uh, two weeks ago, we talked about vertical confession. Our confession to God is absolutely important, and we have to start there. He's the one that created us, and so when we sin, that is, when we fall short, that is, when we come to the realization that uh, what we have done is completely antithetical to what God has said for us, and we actually confess which we learned two weeks ago, really means to agree with God about the way you should be living your life. You're not just confessing something you've done wrong. You literally agree with God that what I've done is incongruent with the way that you have prescribed me to live. You haven't told me to live like this. I went rogue for a minute. I have come to a level of self-awareness, so I'm letting you know uh, that I want to confess to you. And what we learned is that when we confess to God that he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all of our wickedness or unrighteousness. Uh, but, but I want to give you these three points as why is it important then if you've already confessed it to God to confess it to another person? I mean, why would I ever do that? I already brought it to God and he's forgiven me, so why should I bring it to you? Why should I bring it to my wife? Why should I bring it to a counselor? I'm already forgiven. I mean, I'm forgiven. And I'm cleansed and I'm, I'm forgiven. And I'm cleared and I'm forgiven. And you are. And you're still not complete. And I know this is going to be tight for some of y'all because you're like, I gave everything to God and I don't need man. Which is completely antithetical to what God said based on his word in Genesis chapter number 2. And it is not good for man to be alone. This is not only a marital statement, it is a relational statement. He did not create you to do life on your own. You are not anointed to be a lone wolf. There's only one man that could have come to earth and had the justification to live life alone because nobody was on his level. That would have been Jesus and he didn't do it. Chose 12 men to walk with him uh, uh, throughout the course of his ministry and... He had three with him at all times. On his best day, Mount of Transfiguration, uh, literally being glorified in front of Peter, James, and John, and then on his worst day in the Garden of Gethsemane, he had three men with him. The only time that he was really alone is when he was on that cross because no man could go there with him. So I want to give you the three things about horizontal confession that you need to know. And um, I went to my cousin Lecrae's concert last night. It was dope. And so I did not plan this because my notes were submitted on Wednesday, but all of my points rhyme. Get these bars. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, point number one, I cannot heal what I don't reveal. I cannot heal what I don't reveal. 
Now, this word heal is very, very important. I want to take you back to James chapter number 5, 16, A clause, first sentence. Here's what it says. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. What? Healed. What? Healed. So that you may be healed. Now, let's jump back to 1 John 1, 9 real quick, and let's see what happens when we confess to God. But if we confess our sins to him, God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and do what? Cleanse us from all wickedness. He forgives us. He cleanses us. It doesn't say anything about healing. Are you trying to say that when I confess to God that, 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 that I'm forgiven and I'm cleansed, but I'm not healed? God set it up this way. Vertical confession gets you forgiven and gets you cleansed, but you do not get healed until you share it with somebody else. I love the honesty in this building. Dude said, I don't like that. About to put pressure now. <laughs> put the scripture back up. 516. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I know so many people that have had so much trauma and so much sinful behavior, and every time they fall, they go to God, and guess what? He keeps forgiving you. You could go throw yourself in the mud right after this service, and he, if you go, I'm so sorry, he will just forgive you and cleanse you. And then on Tuesday, you jump right back in that mud, and you say, I'm so sorry again, and he will forgive you, and he will cleanse you. But there's a reason why you're not healed. And there's a reason why you can't stop that behavior, because you haven't shared it with anybody else. Who else knows about your mud hole? Besides God, who else knows you like playing in the mud? You have an advocate with the Father. And you can go to him no matter what you're in and, and tell him what's going on. But until you share it with someone else, you cannot be healed. You cannot heal what you don't reveal. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit showed me that the last 24 months has been a pressure cooker for humanity. Everything was taken away from everybody. I'm talking from the worst vices to the most lightest of uh, uh, guilty pleasures. They were all taken from us. And we found out when you could not numb your pain, how you handled it. And some of us didn't handle it well. Because you didn't have Netflix to distract you. And you couldn't go to a play. And you couldn't go to a show. And your favorite artist didn't make a new album. And you couldn't hang out with your friends. And you were isolated and alone. Because perhaps one of the things that 2020 was meant to do was to get us to stop running from ourselves. 
Perhaps one of the things it was meant to do was to put you in a quarantined environment where you could not escape answering the question, what is wrong with me? Why do I keep doing all of this? Why am I still petty? Why am I still angry? Why am I still this promiscuous? Why am I still this horny? Why am I still this mad? Why am I still this upset? Why am I still this depressed? Why am I still this anxious? What is wrong? And you couldn't numb yourself like you used to. But you didn't talk about it. And so you acted it out. And then you asked the Lord to forgive you, and he forgave you, and you thought it was over until you fell into it again. And it's been a cycle for you that you can't break because you thought vertical was all you needed, but I'm telling you, without horizontal, you do not heal. This is the only reason why I have freedom in my life. Not only because of what I confess to God vertically, but because of what I've confessed horizontally. In my private, quiet time, the Holy Spirit was like, this is good. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for sharing that. Now, who else you going to tell? I'm like, I told you, sir. I don't see. You're omniscient. You're omnipotent. I like saying that instead of omnipotent. I like omnipotent. <laughs> you're omniscience. You're all-knowing. You're... You're, you're omnipresent. Everybody else is like, I can't phone a friend. It's 2 o'clock. I'm praying to you at 2 o'clock in the morning. They sleep. Wait till they wake up. I mean, really, sir. <laughs> but here's what the Holy Spirit already knew that I had to find out. I cannot heal what I don't reveal. I brought it to God. Now I got to bring it to you. I brought it to God. Now I got to bring it to you. Because until I do that, I don't start healing. There was a debate for years that, that uh, in the King James Version, it actually says fault. Confess your faults one to another. And, they were like, and some theologians tried to say, well, that says faults. It doesn't mean sin. So, you know, when I make a mistake, but I only bring my sins to God. And it was like, psych, that is the same word in the Greek as it is in James chapter number one. It means sin. You sin, you tell it. I, I love basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport, okay? And, um, uh, you, you know, I, I prayed to be 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, I prayed for it because I believe I can ask anything by faith and I can receive it, except when he doesn't want me to have it. And I realized that uh, uh, at 5'9", and 120 pounds, by my senior year of high school, uh, God didn't want me to play basketball. And I know why. Because I would have been so good... <laughs> And I'd have went straight to the NBA, first round pick in the draft, and my pride would have been through the roof. I would have been dunking on everybody. <laughs> would have made millions of dollars. It would have been amazing. Then I would have glorified Jesus, and he's like, no, you wouldn't have. And that's why you're 5'9". <laughs> 175 pounds, 46 years old, teaching on a Sunday, right? <laughs> I know my plans for you. Here's... One of the things I hate when I watch a basketball game. It's 48 minutes, lest there be overtime. 
And it's a full contact sport. Because it is a full contact sport, uh, the National Basketball Association allows for there to be six fouls before you are out of the game. You can foul once, twice, thrice, fourth, fifth, and then after that, you're out of the game. You just can't keep your hands off anybody. Now, you're given six fouls. Why? Because it's a full contact sport, and nobody believes, the National Basketball Association or any of the refs believe, that you can be on the court for any length of time and not foul somebody. You're knocking up against each other at all times until at some point, Here's what I hate about the game and the players. <laughs> a guy will foul somebody, and when the ref blows the whistle, <laughs> they are literally going, they're in shock that the ref blew the whistle. Blow the whistle. Um, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Lord Jesus, purge my heart. <laughs> so, um, he literally acts so crazy. Defensive, I can't, I didn't even, I didn't even touch him. The ref, there's a ref on the court to see stuff you can't see. Maybe you didn't see how you fouled, but trust assured and rest assured if the ref blew the whistle, it's because you fouled. They're at work, sir, just like you. I, I can't stand that person because they're always shocked every single day. Oh my gosh! Let me tell you the people I love. The people I love are those players that when a guy's coming down the lane for a layup, they literally try to like slice him in half. <laughs> They like karate chops the dude's ribs while he's going up for a layup. And before the ref can get the whistle to his mouth, dude's like, that was me. I... He has scored 14 unanswered points on me, sir, and I hate him. So it should be a flagrant, too, because I tried to kill him. I want him out of the game. He's embarrassing me. I love people that call their own fouls. And in this message, that's what I'm trying to get the body of Christ to do. When the ref blows the whistle, don't act shocked. Just call your own family. That, that, that was me, Lord. I, I lost my cool. I did that. Take full responsibility for it. That was me. Thank you, vertically. Forgiven. Cleansed. Now, let me call my homie and say, hey, man, I got to call my own foul. I've been forgiven. I've been cleansed. I just want to be healed. And I know I can't heal what I don't reveal. I just wanted to share it with you. Can you pray for me? Can you pray with me? Because I know I can't be healed if I keep this to myself. This is an area, I keep fouling in this area. It would, be, it would be crazy, it would be one thing if the ref blew the whistle once and never had to blow it again. I, I've been fouled out of games for what I'm doing and I don't want to do it, so will you please help me? Point number two, please write this down. The more people know, the less sin grows. Bars. The more people know, 
the less sin grows. Are you telling me to post my files on Facebook? <laughs> Are you telling me I need to have an Instagram post of my propensity to foul? No. And if you do do that, stop. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do that, right? But what I am saying is you should have a support system around you that knows your weak areas so that they can hold you accountable. Because the more people that know, the less sin actually grows. The less people know, the more you get to move around in the dark. The more you tell people, the more lights you're flicking on to have accountability around you. Here's what it says in James chapter number one, verse number 13. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Just pause right there real quick. I need to let that marinate. You can be tested by God, but you can't be tempted by God. God's, and some people call their temptations a test. As if God is trying to entrap you. As if God laid a trap knowing that you're too weak to handle that, and then you're like, you know, God's just been testing me in this area, and I just got to find a way to break through it. No, 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 no. He tests you, but he doesn't tempt you. Because he already knows that you're not good at that. <laughs> Why would he tempt you with something that he already knows you'll fall into? He can test you, but he doesn't tempt you, okay? So let's get, let's get temptation right. Verse number 14. Temptation comes from our own desires. Ooh. Let that marinate. Oh, this is not God. This is me. Oh, yes, this is you. Which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow... It gives birth to death. What am I supposed to do with my temptations? Let somebody else know. Because if you let somebody else know, the sin will not grow. See, see, it's easy to go to God because you don't have to look him in the face yet. But let me tell you where stuff started really tightening up for me in my walk of integrity and character is when I had to look this beautiful, gorgeous, fine <laughs> delight with this good bun you got going on here. <laughs> nice floral print with your fine self. Yeah. <laughs> it's when I had to look her in the face and say, hey, babe, I failed to porn. I didn't like that. Hey, babe, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling today with pornography. I'm, I have a, whoop, ooh, it's strong today. That urge is strong today. When I have to look her in the face and tell her that? Oh, it's a different story. 
Before I, before I got married, when I was living in California, uh, uh, my, my parents knew about my porn addiction, and I would tell them, Mama, Daddy, I, ooh, I fell, or I'm struggling, or both. It's a, it hits different when you got to look somebody in the face. And you have to see their disappointment. And then, you, and then they got to ask you questions. Well, how come you didn't call me? Oh, man. <laughs> what happened was, you left. You was gone a long time. I know I was supposed to turn on worship music. I know I was supposed to read my Bible. But in the moment, what happened was, none of those things came to my... Um, you know what? Well, what's going to be the plan for you not to do it next time? Do you need to go with me next time I leave the house? Do you need to... What, what, what's going to be... And when you, have to, when you have to engage with somebody else... Now, listen, this, I'm talking about accountability. Not a parole officer. I'm going to take my time on this. Because, because accountability became this buzzword in the church. And, and when it, what it boiled down to was nothing more than parole. Check in with me on Fridays, and I'm going to ask you five questions. How's your heart? How's your mind? Did you look at anybody today? Did you do anything we shouldn't know about? And if you pass the five questions... Cool, I'll talk to you next week. That's not accountability. That's parole. You might as well put a little buzzer around your ankle. No, accountability is when you're walking out life with somebody and you get to share good, bad, and ugly. On good days, I'll call you. On bad days, I'll call you. You're just here for, you're here for it all. You're not a fair-weather friend that only wants me because I'm good. You're also with me when I'm bad. Because you know that my behavior and me are two different things. You can self-differentiate the fact that I am this person trying to live out this life and I have some behavior that's incongruent with the way God wants me to live, which is why I need community. So I invite you in because I know that the, 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 the more that I give to you, uh, the, the less sin has an opportunity to take a hold of me. So I'm trying to give you all some practical stuff. Now, you might be saying, I don't have like, anybody like that in my life right now, Tim. Um, uh, uh, and, or I've had somebody like that, and they, you know, they went behind my back, and they told some people, okay, uh, th that person did that. That's not everybody. What usually happens is somebody's trust gets betrayed, or somebody burns you, and you're like, that's why I don't talk to people. All of a sudden, it becomes this general statement. That's why I don't fool with people, because they're all messy. Eight billion people in the world, and you have empirical data that they all messy. No, Karen's messy. Only Karen. Barbara's probably cool. Karen's just messy, right? Charles might be messy, right? But Michael might be great. So, so you have to, on an individual basis, and, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, I didn't, mm. And for some of y'all, you just made poor decisions with friends. You used to be as messy as them, but you started to get better. They didn't. And now you shocked they messy. But y'all was all messy. But you got saved a year ago, and now you think, I don't understand why they acting like this. That's because they still turn up and you don't. You haven't switched your circle. So that's on you. That's not on them.
Mm, I felt that. <laughs> Point three, please write this down. The more I say, the better you pray. The more I say, the better you pray. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Do you know why it's effectual and fervent? Because it's informed. I cannot pray for anybody effectually and fervently if you give me generalities. The more I say, the better you can pray. Will y'all please pray for me? I've had a lot going on. My father died last year. There's some issues going on in my life. There's a lot of bitterness and resentment that's on the inside of me. And every time I get in a situation where I feel like I'm about to be abandoned, I usually attach myself to very unhealthy behavior. Let me tell you what it looks like for me. It might not be the same for you. My attachment to unhealthy behavior usually involves a pound of weed and some cognac. Oh, now I can pray pretty specifically for my brother. Hey, Lord, in the name of Jesus, would you heal the brokenness he has in his heart from the loss of his father? And this bitterness and resentment that he has, God, would you allow him to have words for this bitterness and resentment so that his soul can actually heal? And God, for the temptation of marijuana and that good old yak Would you please allow him in the name of Jesus to not get the same sensation by some ruffles and a glass of water, but let him be able to alleviate that stress in a completely different way. In Jesus' matchless name we pray, amen. That's the prayer. Here's the prayers I'm sick of in church. And I'm talking about Big C Church, not just this church, all the churches. Hey, I just need prayer. Just whatever the Lord shows you. Would you just pray into it? Well, can you be a little more specific? Well, I've just been going through some stuff. And I'm just asking the Lord for some solutions. Lord, bless them as they go through and fix it. What you want from me? What do you... I can't effectually, fervently pray for you with bad intel. You can't have a sickness in your soul and be pointing to your toe. Why well, does someone put myself out there last day? It makes me uncomfortable. But you don't do that at the doctor. You did not see them graduate. You don't know how long they've been in the practice. Here you go walking in in a gown. Listen. I don't know. This rash has been here a while, doc. I took some pictures as well. If you can. Some of these bumps. <laughs> the, the amount of self-restraint I am giving myself right now. You will walk in there and show them everything. And then come in here and act like, yeah, it's just, you know, I'm just going through some stuff. 
I'm telling you right now, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces results. But that prayer can only be earnest and it can only have great power if it has great information. That's all. Oh, I'm so glad. So I just, I'm so glad I got my mama's ears. Somebody said, uh, th this killed the church for a long time. Unspoken prayer requests. How many people have a prayer request? Four people. How many people have an unspoken prayer request? Rest of the church. And it was a generational thing. Do you know that the, 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 the generation of most people's fathers or grandfathers was actually called the silent generation? Yes. A whole generation got labeled silence. They didn't say nothing. They didn't talk about nothing. Stay out of grown folks' mouth. Stay out of grown folks' business. Get out of the room when we're talking. And therefore, we perpetuated generational curses because nobody ever gave us the information of what we were falling into. So here we are four generations later with a generational curse that could have been literally solved with good intel. Alcoholism runs in our family, baby. I'm just telling you right now, when you get stressed, stay away from this. Don't even sip no wine because I'm telling you, you're gonna wake up a monster. This goes back 17 generations. You're gonna catch it. We got moonshine in our blood, baby. <laughs> you don't want none of this in yours. I'm telling you. And what, what we've called generational curses, and oh my goodness, this has been in our family, is we just haven't exposed in a healthy way. Hey, listen. Listen, every woman in the family had a baby out of wedlock. Somewhere around 16 to 19, they became vulnerable. And, and, and a grandmama too. I know, big mama, I know. Front row, white dress, church mother. She didn't start off as a church mother. But if we're all in the dark, because nobody wants to share, you know what we get? Scandal! People Magazine reports, pastor fail. TMZ reports, pastor fail. Christianity, Christianity Today reports, pastor just fail. No different than anybody else. Just never went through these steps. I have empirical data that proves that there's only one common denominator between all moral failures. And that is they stopped talking. Well, it was this pressure and that pressure and the other pressure. Bottom line, you stopped talking. Because you thought that if I looked you in the eyes and said, hey, I need to share something with you. And I know that as the lead pastor of this church, me sharing this with you may bring a little bit of disappointment. You may feel like... Dang, I don't even know if I want to go to this church anymore. But I, but I really struggled last week. There was a woman that walked in the building, and she was so attractive, I couldn't keep my eyes off her. I've already confessed it to Juliet, but I wanted to confess it to you, too. Because attraction is not planned. I did not plan to be attracted to this person when I saw them. But when I saw them, I have to acknowledge that my body was like, hee hee. The moment that I realized that, 
I confessed it to God. I confessed it to Juliet, and now I want to confess it to you because I need the light zone. I need more than her to know because when I'm out here in these streets, you need to know that too. Would you be praying for me? She's already praying for me, but would you be praying for me too? I really appreciate it. Oh, I feel so much better. I'm trying to give y'all practical stuff so that you can survive this culture. This is not rocket science and it ain't all, it ain't gonna all happen because you got worship on 24 seven. We found out last week it only takes less than 30 seconds for you to lose your mind. So talk. Not just this way, this way. Because if you don't, you will perpet you'll be forgiven and you'll be cleansed, but you won't be healed. You can't stop a pattern by yourself. You need help. And you need a community around you that's going to ride with you. If you got people around you, if one of the reasons why you haven't shared is because you're, you're afraid of judgment, switch circles. Put some healthy boundaries around yourself and the toxic people so you can get the real help you need without being gaslit for the help that you need. You're going to always be like this. No, I'm not. I want peace in my mind. When I, when, I go, when I go to sleep at night, when I put my head on the pillow, I go straight to sleep. You want to know why I go straight to sleep when I put my head on my pillow? Because anything going on in my head has come out my mouth to someone or ones. I got people I can call and just dump. I can pick up the phone, be like, hey, man. Hey, what's up? Got something to tell you. I don't want no feedback. I don't want no perspective. I just need you to contain me. I'm about to throw up. They're like, all right, go. I appreciate you sharing that. And I promise I'll be praying for you. 42 minutes later. Bye. Click. And I start healing coming up in me. You, thank you, Holy Spirit. We'll end on this. You ever talk to somebody? You call them for some advice. But all they wound up doing is listening to you talk. And at the end, you were like, I feel so much better. That's how powerful confession is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That th you didn't even let them get a word in edgewise. And you feel healed and free. Because you got to get it up and out through words. Well, I've been silent a long time, Tim. I haven't used a lot of words. How do I start? You might want to start writing it down. You might have to read it like a prepared speech. But once you get it on paper, get it out of your mouth through words. Your, your brain needs words to heal. You can't be perpetually in your feelings. Because to be perpetually in your feelings is to perpetually act out your feelings. So would you please do me a favor? Would you please be brave enough 
for horizontal confession? Would you be bold enough to put your ego, pride, reputation even on the line and say, I don't, I don't want to live like this anymore. I know I'm a prideful man. I know why. It's, it's, I'm afraid of looking stupid. I'm afraid of failure, and so I have to, I have to present a certain way. And, and I know that it's overbearing on you and the family. But this is the only way I've known how to be, and I'm not going to get healed if I don't reveal that fact. I'm calling my own file. I know how it's affected you and the family, and I apologize. I know how it's affected my performance at the job, and I apologize. I've been so ambitious that I've been willing to step over anybody and everybody to get to the next level. I'm calling my own foul. I cannot heal what I don't reveal. I want to be free from this. I've already said it this way. Now I'm being brave enough to say it this way. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I just want to give you a few moments to reflect on this. Um, if my tone was a little firmer than usual in this message, it's because I'm just really passionate about it. If it came across angry, if that's the way you experienced me, I apologize. That's not, that's not my intention. But I'm telling you, I just want to snatch people out of darkness. I want to snatch people out of silence. Um, but I realize I can't snatch. You have to be willing to walk out of it. Holy Spirit, Take my words and your scriptures and give us the boldness to speak up and speak out. Help us to put our feelings into words and help us to confess to one another so that we can pray for one another and so that we can be healed. It is your desire that we all walk in freedom and have peace of mind. Let us not take for granted the power of confession, both vertically and horizontally. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Embassy City Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Urban.
If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.